Welcome. Seven minutes after the hour. And uh, let's see. This is our first gun show of the new year. And I'm pleased to tell you that uh, Garson is in from Graffs. He brought in a couple of uh, neat firearms, including one that's a clone. Is that clone less expensive than the uh, firearm it's modeled after? Uh, yeah, it's actually pretty inexpensive overall. Wow. Can't wait to get to that. We'll do that in the next hour. Uh, Dale Roberts is here uh, from the uh, CPOA. Good, good morning, morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Glad to have you on board. And, of course, Chuck Basie is on. Good morning. Uh, good morning. And your uh, your your website, because your, you're running for re-election, is what? ChuckBasie47.com? That's correct. Yes, sir. ChuckBasie47.com. Good, good, good. All right. We got uh, a shooting in Texas uh, that we're going to talk about and some controversy associated with that. Uh, we'll start off uh, when we're ready here in just a couple of minutes by uh, uh, playing a, a statement that was made by uh, Vice President Biden about the Texas governor's decision to allow firearms in church. It preceded the event. We'll play that in a few minutes. Uh, but I want to point out that the uh, Molly Thomas Bowden blood drive is going to be on Friday, January 17th from 11 a.m. until 7 p.m. And it's going to be at Grace Bible Church. 601 Blue Ridge Road. Uh, once again, Molly Thomas Bowden Blood Drive, Friday, January 17th, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Grace Bible Church, 601 Blue Ridge Road. And Dale, um, you and I were chatting about this uh, just uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, she had stopped this uh, this guy over by uh, Grindstone and uh, uh, Forum, Forum, basically. Uh, did a check on his driver's license, was going to let him go. As I understand it, she was returning to the car to release him to go, and uh, he shot Officer Bowden. Uh, I believe she returned to her car to take cover, and, and I believe he uh, shot her two more times. But she, the there was nothing wrong with his He didn't have a, 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 a record. He wasn't, uh, there's no warrant, no nothing. He just was... To my knowledge... He would have been free to go. I think the young man obviously had problems. He was, uh, I think, in maybe his early 20s. I, it's been 15 years, but that's my recollection. What a horrible, horrible waste and what a horrible event. I, I cannot imagine what she went through in the last seconds of her life. It's the, fortunately, well, I mean, it was a horrible event. It's the, fortunately, it's the only officer the Columbia Police Department has ever lost in the line of duty. Can we knock on wood on that one? Amen. Um, all right. Uh, so if you're uh, interested in getting involved in donating blood, uh, that, that's the event. We'll remind you of it a little later in the program. We talk about legislation all the time. A lot of anti-gun legislation is being promoted by the left. And, Dale, you also brought in a website. Actually, it's a Facebook page uh, where people can kind of keep up with this stuff because it does drop rather suddenly. Palladium of Liberty is a Facebook page that covers... Uh, firearms-related issues and sometimes law enforcement-related issues. And as much notice as is provided by the legislature, you can keep up with it on at the Palladium of Liberty Facebook page. And as Representative Basie said last week, sometimes those hearings come up on pretty short notice. So we do, you know. Palladium of Liberty on Facebook. All right. So that's a way to keep up with it. Another way to keep up with it is tune into Gary on Guns, especially because we've got Chuck Basie on board with us this morning. Uh, and there is some legislation that has been introduced that uh, you're not particularly fond of? Well, there's quite a few of them. There's 34, excuse me, 33 bills uh, that's been pre-filed, probably more to come. Uh, 14 of them by Republicans and 19 by Democrats. And uh, the Democrats tend to be the ones that are 
after our Second Amendment rights. But um, they're they're just troublesome. There is a red flag type uh, bill that's been filed by uh, Representative Alan Green. He's a good guy. I, I don't understand why he's doing that, but I'm sure he has his reasons. But um, another one uh, is just basically attacking uh, the assault rifles, per se, and they have all kinds of definitions. And it would make a lot of my firearms that I have uh, illegal own, even pistols, believe it or not. So anything that has a capacity to hold more than 10 rounds would be uh, illegal. It would be a Class E felony. What is the so, point of that, limiting the rounds? What do they think will happen if they outlaw magazines that hold more than 10 rounds? Do you have any idea, Garson? Uh, so this all stems from uh, what has been nicknamed the Ruger letter. Uh, back in the 80s, uh, Bill Ruger wrote a letter to Congress saying that no uh, honest, law-abiding sportsman in America needed any firearm that had a capacity of more than 10 rounds. And that's where that arbitrary 10-round number came from. So it's, it's it's totally arbitrary. It's not based on some logical yeah, study or on, some yeah, just nonsense. Um, when I go shooting, uh, in fact, uh, whether it's the AR-15 or uh, that uh, uh, 1911 that that uh, you turned me on to, yeah, the <laughs> I can whip through that many rounds at the target range in a matter of seconds and yep. having fun all the time. I would hate to have to stop at number ten and have to re. Uh, re-up. But, you know, I know guys that can 3D print magazines. Um, there are millions of magazines that hold more than 10 rounds already in the in the hands of good guys and in the hands of bad guys. And I, do they not see that the bad guys aren't going to say, ooh, I have to turn this in. It holds more than 10 rounds. <laughs> right. And what would be interesting to see, I obviously haven't haven't seen the bill Representative Basie's referring to, but there have been states that passed laws like that, and after it was passed, police departments have said, hey, wait a minute, you just outlawed our service pistol. We carry more than 10 rounds. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, are you going to have an exception? For, not that it's a good law to begin with, but, but the people who propose these things are often so short-sighted they don't even think of of just the ramifications of what they're doing. Well, he does cover that in the bill, though. Oh, he says that uh, it raises the age to 21 for anybody to buy, lease, or loan, or give away an assault weapon. Um, you have to be uh, older than 21. Wait, 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 but but wait, wait, there's wait, wait. so if I'm uh, at the sh shooting range with my 17 or 18 year old son, and I let him shoot my AR-15, that would be Ill illegal because I loaned him the gun. Uh, by this definition, I believe so, yeah. But it, it does have a uh, an exception for a peace officer or a uh, armed, person, armed forces personnel, um, active duty person, um, while they're in their official performance of their duties. When they're off duty, we can't trust them. Then they'd be illegal. Oh. So, it, <clears throat> so they turn in their gun before they go home, I guess. Right. Yeah. Or at least their magazines. Genius. So then... Yeah. Yeah, they either have to have a separate magazine for the ride home or a whole separate firearm for the ride, <laughs> the ride home. Right. Dude, don't they think? Don't they think at all? What else you got on that list? Well, um, the other one is uh, one shows up every year. It's uh, just increasing the penalties for uh, not reporting the theft or loss of a firearm within 72 hours. Um, I don't That might be a good 
practice to do is report uh, something that's well, been I, stolen or I lost. I would think that but, you should. But the, the penalties is with it. So the first offense is a fine uh, not to exceed $100. But then it goes up. Second uh, incident, it's a uh, $1,000 fine not to exceed. And then the third time, you're looking at uh, six months in prison. How many of us have Whoa. lost, uh, uh, had a firearm stolen more than once? Yeah, no. And, and I must admit, you know, I have, I guess it'd be hard to get to, but, you know, firearms in my safe or someplace that I don't check on them constantly. I assume they're there, uh, you know. Does it say right after you've discovered that they're missing, or does it say when they were stolen? Because you would know when they were stolen. They could have been stolen the day before or last year. It just says, uh, shall notify within 72 hours of discovering the loss. Okay, of discovering. Okay. Yeah, so. I've... I I've never lost a firearm or had one stolen from me. Uh, I know a few people that have, um, and nobody waited seventy-two hours. Yeah. Uh, they want they want their property back, um, so that seems like a is, giant it, waste of time to me. I don't know. I yeah, it's a it's a law looking for a cause. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see that uh, as an issue. Yeah, that's uh, that was filed by a uh, brand new rep. He came in on a uh, special election in, in St. Louis City, so um, so he's just trying it, to cut his teeth on something. I guess so, but it's you know there's there's just uh, quite a few more. But the one that's uh, getting most attention is the red flag. Uh, uh, you know what they call it, the extreme risk protection orders. Yeah. So um, you know we're I'm sure they're going to be pushing that hard, but I I don't think. Uh, we had one hearing on uh, a similar bill last year related to domestic violence, so but it never got voted out. But uh, you know the anti-gun groups, the uh, the well, I don't want to mention their name, but they're they're going to be pushing hard for that. Uh, Can you give us some of the details of this uh, red flag law? I'll tell you what, we're going to take a few minutes to uh, say hello to some of our sponsors, and in about uh, three minutes or so, we'll come back and find out what's in it. You're listening to Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. 23 minutes after the hour on Gary on Guns, Garson uh, is with us from Graft, brought in two firearms. We're going to go over those uh, in about uh, 35 minutes or so. Uh, Dale Roberts is in from the CPOA, and then uh, Chuck Basie is on board from the uh, the house here in uh, down in Jeff City. And uh, you were talking, Chuck, about some legislation that's been proposed, including a red flag law. And I was curious to see what the process is based on what you've seen. If somebody wants to disarm someone that they think might be a threat or a danger in in this proposed legislation. Well, this is a very long bill. I haven't really had a chance to study it, but the, the ones in previous sessions, basically what it is, if there's a situation where the, um, there's domestic violence or there's a threat or even a perceived threat by uh, someone, and I'm not saying that is definitely an issue out there. There are, are bad situations, bad relationships. But anyway, a, a an individual can complain um, to law enforcement or through the courts. And in a nutshell, they can they can take action and go seize. All right. If I complain, that, if I complain that Garson, I think is uh, unstable, and I do, um, and uh, uh, and I think he shouldn't uh, own a firearm. When I go to the court, does the court call on Garson and say, "Come in and defend yourself"? Uh, well, it, it, under this this bill, I believe it has to be some uh, either a physical relationship with the person. In other words, uh, 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 
a marriage or dating somebody or you know you have a, yeah, a child with them that relationship. or they have to be a family member but so, does law but, but does the does the uh the person who's being accused of, of instability uh do they get a notice and say uh gee i get to go down and defend myself or do they have this in, in uh, this hearing in private declare that they can't have a gun and then suddenly show up at the door at oh dark 30 in the morning to seize all the firearms supposedly i think that the uh, they say that they'll have their due process rights and all that, but um, I, I fear that that will not happen an awful lot. You get in front of the wrong type of uh, court, um, I think it could, you know, uh, we have court shopping going on now where um, things are directed to a court. They know it will be favorable for whatever they're trying to get through, and I could see this happening in this case. Um, and. As we were discussing off the air, there's bad things happening in divorces, and uh, there's a lot of revenge being played, and and I could see an individual pushing something like this just to hurt their soon-to-be former spouse. So and, that that's the problem I see with it. So, and I was saying when I when I was in private practice, I did some family law, you know, and handled divorces, and it was not at all uncommon to see one spouse allege some kind of abuse or neglect in order to get custody of the children and then have basically a leg up throughout the remainder of the litigation and the other spouse automatically looks like the bad person and in a case like this it's hard to prove a negative you know you go someone goes in and says dale's off his meds he's dangerous he's you know then i have to prove that i'm that how do i prove that i'm not and it, this just scares me. There's it's already happening in other parts of the country where they've done this. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And I would say, you know, is this something, you know, people can say, well, I think that law enforcement officer is, uh, you know, something wrong with him. You need to take away his guns. And quickly, you know, the, by comparison, in ex parte orders of protection, the, by ex parte means, you know, just away from the other party, the court will issue the order and then it goes into effect immediately and the other side gets to come back 10 days later and try and tell their side of the story hopefully this won't be that way but we shall see brendan on uh, <clears throat> facebook says the 72-hour law this is the one you're talking about you have to report it as stolen uh, is about claiming you lost it when they come to confiscate your guns and you claim you lost them in a tragic boating accident <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I lost it uh, two years ago. Uh, and then they would have a, a leg to stand on. Uh, I don't know. I, I did a, an ongoing debate with uh, a listener that's a, a liberal on Facebook uh, during the week. I, I think it started on Thursday. And I never did get a response when I asked about, you know, the limited magazines and how that would work or how many people have been actually stopped from buying a firearm by a background check. Um, and, and, and frankly, it's more than just stopped. They, they, they may stop them, uh, but then you find out it was a mistake, and the number of people that get prosecuted is a handful over the last, what, 10 years, what, 50 people or 20 people or something? In, in uh, I think it was a GAO report, uh, they, the government prosecuted, I think it was either 12 or 13 people in one year out of you know, twelve to 15,000 legitimate denials. And by legitimate, I mean, these people were felons. You know, we know that they had no business trying to buy a gun, and the mere act of trying to buy one is a federal offense. And they only prosecuted, I believe it was 12, maybe 13. But that doesn't stop them from getting a gun. It just stops oh, yeah. them from no. getting a gun at the, at the gun store. 
I don't know. I, I just don't see uh, any point to any of this legislation. It just doesn't seem to make much sense to me. There was a shooting in uh, Dallas, or not Dallas, where was it? Uh, was it Austin? Anyway, there was a shooting in a church, and um, a short time uh, prior to this shooting, uh, the governor signed a bill that would allow um, concealed carry, if the, if the uh, religious institution approved, uh, you'd be allowed to carry a firearm in that, in that church or synagogue. Uh, do we have anything similar to that? What is the uh, law here in uh, in Missouri, Chuck? Um, I'm, uh, I'm, could you say it again? If um, if my priest says uh, Gary, it's okay to carry a gun, or he has a standing rule, concealed carry permit holders can carry inside. I the believe church. that's up to the local. The church can the get church. permission. Well, for that. And, yeah. and technically, if you read through the two statutes that address that in Chapter Five Seventy One, if you have a concealed carry, you actually don't. If you have a concealed carry license, you don't actually have to have permission it's not against the law it's like no shoes no shirt no service any person who owns private property can ask you to leave but in other words unless they positively say you know with a sign somewhere no guns allowed uh if you're a concealed carry permit holder you can go in that place in a church absolutely all right so uh apparently texas just passed something similarly and uh, this didn't go very well. The Vice President uh, Biden just did not particularly care for it. Brian, how long is that cut? Is it under a minute? We can play it? All right, here's Vice President Biden. Well, first of all, uh, the kind of gun being carried, he shouldn't be carrying. Uh, assault weapons are... Uh, I, I, I wrote the first, the last serious gun control law that was written. It was law for 10 years, and it outlawed assault weapons, and it outlawed weapons with magazines that had a whole lot of bullets, and so you can kill a whole lot of people a lot more quickly, number one. Number two, it's just rational to say certain people shouldn't have guns. Now, the fact that some people with guns are legally able to acquire a gun and they turn out to be crazy after the fact that's that's life there's nothing you can do about that but we can save a lot of lives and we've stopped tens of thousands of people from getting guns who shouldn't have guns now i was looking for the, the cut where he says that the governor was irrational it, all right we'll play that next you're listening to Carry On Guns, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. It's uh, 35 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Carson is in uh, from Graffs, and uh, they're in Mexico, Missouri. Short ride, and uh, just a remarkable facility because they've got a little bit, well, no, they've got a lot of everything. Uh, new and used firearms, both handguns, shotguns. Uh, they've got uh, archery. They've got all the reloading supplies. Probably one of the nation's uh, premier reloading uh, suppliers. Oh, yes, definitely. And uh, ship out all over the world, in fact. Uh, so uh, they're just uh, right down the highway from us in Mexico, Missouri. Absolutely worth the ride. Uh, Dale Roberts is in from the CPOA. And uh, Chuck Basie, Representative Basie, is on board running for re-election. His website is chuckbasie47.com. And uh, we were talking about um, the, uh, what were we talking about? Where was, uh, oh, I know it was. It was uh, Vice President Biden. We were looking for this audio. And uh, this is uh, right after the governor of Texas said you could carry a, a, a gun in a church. Here it is. It is irrational, with all due respect to the governor of Texas, irrational what they're doing. And the very day you see a mass shooting, I guess the numbers now, I was on a plane the last two and a half hours, they got up to five killed. Um, and we're talking about loosening access to 
uh, have guns, be able to take them into places of worship, store them in school. I mean, it's just absolutely irrational. Well, didn't take long, I think, for that to uh, to bite them in the behind uh, because there was a good guy with a gun who stopped a bad guy with a gun. Um, this was uh, the West Freeway Church of Christ. Uh, two people were killed. The shooting occurred just before communion was to be offered. And a man uh, opened fire with a shotgun. And they allowed people with guns in there. And they had armed security. It was, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in the neighborhood of six seconds between when the action started and when the shooter was dropped. The actual video of that is on. We were talking earlier about Palladium of Liberty on Facebook. Uh, the actual video is on there. You can watch it, and it happens pretty quickly. The the church security people are up with their arms, and the rest of the church is down on the floor, and the problem was resolved. Did you did you see the video? I've Carson? not watched the video yet. Uh, but, but several people stood with guns. There were several oh, yes. people. I don't know if they were all security or not. Yeah, the church had us a, a planned security team, and uh, Jack Wilson, the guy who ended up shooting that bad guy, uh, is a firearms instructor and range owner um, and also a former reserve deputy with his local sheriff's department, which is why they're using it to explain away how good he was in responding to the threat. Hmm. Yeah. like So he's not a normal citizen. He was a reserve deputy. Um, nobody that, else trains. Yeah, and he couldn't, yeah, we couldn't train other people up to this standard. How often do, do uh, Columbia police officers have to train? Twice a year. And I believe it's not. It's uh, you know maybe fifty rounds, give or take. I don't. I well, that's not train. That they have to qualify twice well, a year. Yeah, qualify. I'm sorry, qualify. Yeah, twice a year they qualify, and that's the only shooting they are required to do. The SWAT team uh, shoots trains constantly, but the you know the rest of the officers qualify twice a year, and that's it. I don't know. Uh, it seems to me like having that uh, those uh, uh, people with firearms in that church was a pretty good deal. Uh, we were talk talking before the show, Dale and I, uh, and I, I reasoned that if the police were in the parking lot at the moment the shooting started, it would take more than six seconds. It would take over a minute because I'm sure they wouldn't just rush right through the door. They'd have well, to it'd, be at it'd, least reasonably careful. It would be even longer than that if there wasn't a sergeant there. <laughs> <laughs> no, they... <laughs> I should jump in and yeah, defend our officers. They, they, I mean, the officers will respond. But right, even if they're in the parking lot, unless they actually hear the shots, they're not going to know which, you know, outside a closed building, I'm not sure you would. They won't know what's going on until they hear it on the radio. And that certainly takes some but time. But even if they heard the, the right. shot, you, you don't just breach. You've right. got to be careful at least a little bit uh, before you, you know, pop the door open and stand in that uh, th that. Uh, vestibule or the entranceway. Well, yeah. what do you call the area when, uh, of a doorway when you're uh, the kill zone that... Uh, oh, yes. The funnel. Funnel. Yeah, the yeah. fatal funnel. Uh, so it would have taken longer. Uh, I, I think that uh, the Vice President Biden was frankly wrong. Uh, apparently Squaw Warren also uh, made a statement. Concealed carry doesn't make anyone safer, she said. In spite of the fact that the federal government Chuck did a study that apparently remained buried for years that indicated in excess of a million people a year brandish a firearm to repel an assailant. Yeah. 
Right. It's uh yeah, it's pretty incredible the statements they make um, with with absolutely no facts behind them. And so, I guess it's the principle that if you tell a lie often enough, people start to believe it. Yeah, I, it's it's baffling to me. I guess they've got their own version of history, uh, their own logic, uh, and nothing else matters. Well, this is a Muslim-founded country, so <laughs> this is what this is a Muslim-founded country. Muslim, remember that? Oh, from uh, uh, Obama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, unbelievable. Eight seven four ninety three ninety. The toll free number is eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Uh, if you just turned the radio on, I'm pleased to tell you that uh, Garson is in from Graffs. Uh, Dale Roberts, CPOA, and then uh, State Representative Chuck Basie is on board with us this morning. We're talking about uh, legislation that uh, has been introduced. Uh, are there any good bills? Yeah, there's quite a few. There's, um, again, Jared Taylor. He has filed the uh, the bill since we've been elected uh, five years now, going on six, to uh, eliminate the gun-free zones, the state-controlled gun-free zones. And uh, that's made it to the floor once, uh, but last year it didn't even get voted out of committee. So, But um, I'm hopeful that that'll proceed. The, the other one that might be filed separate, it might be filed already, is the uh, campus carry uh, bill. I, I think that would be uh, something I'd like to see to allow law-abiding citizens to carry firearms. Uh, on campus, on campus. Uh, they just went to a, a terrific court case. In fact, a friend of mine uh, uh, initially uh, started the court case, Jennifer Bukowski, whose program airs here right after the gun show from eight to ten a.m. Uh, that that case didn't pan out too well. Well, the right the trial judge ruled in favor of the university. The university had said at trial the Second Amendment doesn't apply on campus which I thought was an interesting concept. I don't know what other constitutional rights don't apply on campus. But in any event, uh, the university prevailed at trial. Um, the attorney general, has who was representing the professor who wanted to carry, has filed to take it up on appeal. Um, so we shall see. That'll take some time. Does the state Supreme Court lean left or right, do you know? I think as a rule... As an attorney, I'm sorry to say, I think the bar at large is predominantly li more liberal than conservative. And as a rule, we end up with more, in some cases, more liberal judges than conservative. Not in, not in Boone County, I don't believe at the moment. Um, but I think the appellate courts and the, the Missouri Supreme Court, I think, are a little more liberal, a little left to center. Little left to center. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering what the odds are uh, on appeal of this uh, of this case uh, prevailing in favor of uh, gun rights. Right. But if they pass this legislation, it becomes moot. Right. Right. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would think so. And you know the race is on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking in terms. Of, it, it, you remember in Texas uh, when they passed the law that said that uh, uh, you could carry concealed on campus, and that professor quit. He left the, the university. Right? Uh, was that the crazy one that was wearing body armor in yeah. those lectures? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, maybe if a few liberal professors left Columbia, we. Well, <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to go there. I was just thinking. All right, it they is. Don't have to leave. They just have to quit. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they have to leave too. I mean, it'd be nice, but yeah. I mean, 
in the grand scheme of things. All right. You're listening to Gary on Guns, 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, welcome. 50 minutes, 5-0, 50 minutes after the hour. Chuck Basie is on board with us. Dale Roberts is in. Chen is in uh, from Graphs.com. He brought in two, a couple of firearms. We're going to go over those in about 15 minutes and tell you what they are. If you're a Glock lover, you're going to love what we're going to show you. Uh, and it, it's not a Glock. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, let's grab a couple of phone calls here. We'll start with Stuart. Stuart, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Uh, good morning, Gary. If I'm carrying on my person or I have it in the console of my vehicle and I drive through campus, drive through the University of Missouri, am I in violation of a law? Well, first of all, it's not against the law. Technically, it's not against the law for anyone to carry on campus. It is a university rule that applies okay. to students, faculty, and staff. You're looking kind of quizzically at the microphone. like. So, maybe... I, I'm sorry, I was waiting to hear your <laughs> oh. hear Stuart's response to that or so, follow-up question. So, in other words, I can go in there not... Uh, oh, yeah, it's not, it's not a state law. It's not a law that prohibits it. It's a university rule. I'll be dipped in poop. That, yeah, that says faculty, staff, and students cannot do so. So, so I can walk through campus carrying it as concealed and, and be okay. Uh, as as not uh, if I'm not related to anything as a university uh, employer or whatever. Yes, that's right. Okay, interesting. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. That, but but if it got, what a great question. And I would add, obviously, well, any private property owner can ask you to leave their property. Right. The university property is quasi. I mean, it's state property but yet it's controlled by the university. They seem to be able to ask people to leave their property. So, I, you know, I don't know how that would... Well, if they out. asked me to leave, but, I would leave. But yeah, exactly. Wow. I, did you know that, Carson? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I thought that I was not allowed to... They would like you to... I mean, th all they could do is threaten to take away your degree, but... Yeah, well, they, they can't take away my degree. Yeah. <laughs> they, they would like you to think that. Um they can have my degree if they want it. <laughs> I, I, Let me go get a phone call before we go right down the dumper here. Will, Will, welcome. Glad to have you in Gary and Guns. Morning. Morning. I can't see why any of these red flag laws are, are constitutional without the due process part. They're, they seem to be that this is on the cheap. You know, due process is going to have some court costs. If you're summoned to court... You to uh, defend yourself before they seize it. You're going to get to face your accuser. Um, they uh, they could perjure them. They could be liable for the perjury of the process. I, I I can't understand why any of them have been allowed to stand without the due process at the very beginning. Not at not after they seize them, but at you know yeah you have to go to use the law to get them back that ain't right uh yeah i agree that's this part that's why i asked chuck about well, the 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 red flag law that uh, this that's been proposed here because if uh if some spouse uh alleges uh, that uh their husband is you know half a bubble off or whatever they shouldn't should the husband be able to show up at that hearing uh to make clear that this is nonsense there's nothing wrong with him uh that due process okay. And after the hearing, who's go, who, who's going to be liable for the court cost? I think they're just they're just trying to cheat their way through it and throw something out there that's not really going to uh, uh, protect anybody. 
Uh, feel-good legislation. It seems like to me they're stirring the pot more than they're trying to fix something. Yeah, feel-good legislation is what you're talking about. Dale, what's your... Well, I was going to say, you know, I haven't read the the, uh, bill either, but for the most part, who's going to pay the cost is the taxpayer. And our judicial system is quite busy as it is, especially here in Boone County. They're... They're busy all the time, and this just adds more to their docket. It potentially adds responsibilities to law enforcement officers that I'm pretty darn sure they do not want. Um, so, and, and you know, I was going to say, as to all this legislation, um, that some of this crazy stuff, it's it's it costs the taxpayers money for the legislature to spend time, money, printing bills. There's any time a bill is introduced, the legislature refers that bill to any agency that might be affected by it and says, you need to provide us a fiscal note. So when I was at the head, when I was the head of alcohol and tobacco control, if a bill was filed that had anything to do with alcohol and tobacco control, I had to do research on how many officers it would take to enforce it. And so there's a tremendous cost to this, which, you know, we're tremendously blessed that we have a super majority of conservative representatives. But I always say we're just one election away from being Illinois or Virginia. Yeah, we'll talk about Virginia in a few minutes. All right, uh, Will, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Um, We just had John Lott on last week. Yes, sir. And he talked about these red flag laws and the lack of success. Absolutely, yeah. uh, That they are not saving lives. And, in fact, he suggested that there may be uh, a pathology that develops negatively uh, when they, uh, you know, engage with these red flag laws. They're a terrible idea. Not that I think the uh, anti-gunners are willing to even hear the argument. Uh, Les, welcome. Glad to have you on uh, Gary on Guns. Hey, Gary. Uh, The uh, discussion on carrying on campus as a private Missouri citizen, I want to point out a couple of things that you all might discuss, maybe not, that uh, federal gun safety laws say you cannot unless you have a permit issued by the state. So I'm, I'm recommended everybody get a conceal and carry permit. And that would even mean that you can open carry as long as you have a permit. Unless they tell you. Don't carry Well, that's not exactly true. If they they see, if you're open carrying and they see the gun, they can ask you to leave and you've got to go. Yes. But if you do not have a permit, you could be arrested because of the federal gun law. I'm... I'm not sure. You may have a point there. I'm not sure the Gun-Free School Zones Act applies to universities and colleges. Traditionally, the the law defines school, in quotes, as K through 12. Um, and I'll, I'll go back and double-check that. All right, Les, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Ken, you got to go fast. What's your question? Okay, got a question for Chuck. Uh, is there any talk about uh, getting a, a law passed that the Missouri is a Second Amendment? Uh, sanctuary state. There has been a bill filed in the Senate and the House, the Second Amendment Preservation Act, and uh, uh, I think it proceeded in the Senate a little faster last year, but it didn't make it through, and uh, we had a hearing late on the House bill. So uh, that's going to be up to the Speaker referring it and the Chair of the General Laws Committee noticing it up for a hearing. All right. Yeah. All right, Ken, okay. thank you. Um, I know a friend of mine, that uh, Brian Calzone, who's been following that pretty carefully, and pretty closely. Uh, does it look like it's going to get through, or does it look like they're 
you you just can't tell. Uh, it's hard to say now. You know, last year the uh, uh, the chair of the general laws committee just held off those gun bills until a point in time where it just there's just no chance of them making it through. So now the Senate side, I think they kind of push their bills a little better. So you you know uh, Senator Eric Burleson, I yeah. believe, uh, and he's he's sponsoring these bills over there. Um, so hopefully he'll be, if we can't do it in the House, hopefully they'll be able to push it in the Senate and get it over to us a little quicker. So. Maybe we got to get him to a microphone here. Yep. That He's might a good, be the... good guy. All right. Yep. All right, we're up against the clock, but when we return after the news, you're going to, if you're a Glock lover, be really excited about what Garson brought in from Graphs. That's next. Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle.